Hello, friends. So, oof, last episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I've been sitting here like, should I take it down? Like, but okay. So, Aaron and I went on a date light, date night last night, and I told him about the the episode that I recorded. And I was like, you know, on one hand, like maybe it's TMI and maybe I shared too much. And I'm like, but on the other hand, like it feels really good to just lay it all out there. And again, I know I've said this like a million times, but it's like I really enjoy personally when entrepreneurs are just super transparent and honest. And I love hearing about the things that work and the wins. But I also Love hearing about all the mistakes and things that go wrong because every single business has tons of things, even currently in it, you know, going wrong or like mistakes being made. And again, those are called learning lessons. So anyways, in this episode, I'm going to talk with you guys about mistakes I made with my very first online course. And I know the last episode left a little bit of a cliffhanger. You might be wondering, okay, Molly, well, you had all those things going wrong and then COVID hit and What happened with that business? And now you have Freedom Creator. So yeah, like why did you decide to pivot ultimately and all of that? So in this episode, I'm going to share mistakes I made with my first course. Then next week is going to be an episode about my model call ebook, the one that did half a million dollars. I want to talk about like why I think that was successful and how I successfully used that in my business. And then the week after is going to be another juicy one all about why I decided to Uh, officially pivot away from my photography education business to Freedom Creator. And it's going to be a lot different than you think, because I feel like that last episode left it feeling like, oh, well, Molly said 24% profit margin and, you know, because of COVID or teams leaving and everything's on fire. So that makes sense. But that actually wasn't entirely why um, I pivoted, because, you know, we could have yeah, we could have spent time fixing that business, just basically making things more simple um, and streamlining everything. And yeah, so there was actually a lot that went into that decision. And there were actually a few businesses that I started during my 100 products phase (laughs) that I haven't even talked about yet. And that's such a good story too. So anyway, stay tuned for that. But let's focus on today's episode all about the mistakes I made with my first online course. Okay, so I basically sat here before the podcast and just listed out all the different mistakes. So let's go through them. So the very, very first thing, and just to kind of paint a picture of where I was when I started my first course. So as you guys know, you know, I was running my photography studio. I had two full-time employees. I had a couple interns. Um, Let's see, I... I had taken that one course and decided like, oh, wow, courses is super cool. Instead of doing coaching and workshops, I could package that same, those same materials into an online course. So you would think, you know, and it's so easy in hindsight, right? Hindsight's 2020. You would think that I would have just taken the things that I was coaching and doing workshops on and put that into a course. And most of those materials would have been based around taking the actual photos and also the marketing and the sales, because those were the majority of the questions that I was getting at my workshops and coaching and all of that. But for some reason, (laughs) for some reason, I decided, uh, I, I think somebody else in the photo industry was doing something where instead of having one online course, they basically broke up all the materials into like four different online courses and They had me so convinced that that was such a good idea. They were like, yeah, you're going to sell so many more if they have to buy 
you know, four courses to get all the materials. And I mean, it is a lot of materials. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. But really what I know now is actually having one online course can be way more profitable than four. <laughs> and you guys, you know, I've already shared this in the first episode where I had like a hundred different digital products and I went to essentially one course and one ebook. And that's when we went like zero to 2 million in two years. So obviously hindsight's 2020, but essentially what I did was I decided, okay, well, I'm going to have four courses. So I'm going to have one about business, one about marketing, one about shooting, and one about sales. And so I was like, well, I'll just go in order. I'll just create the very first course about business. But, you know, you might be already seeing a lot of the mistakes I'm making here is I, you know, I wasn't keeping my ideal client and their number one pain point top of mind. I was just thinking, okay, well, I can make money by dividing this into four courses and just make them an order, right? But I didn't survey my audience. I didn't think about what's their number one pain point because really their number one pain point was booking more clients, was getting more clients in the door. So the business camp that I created, like the very first course, it wasn't about any of that. It was about like legal contracts and formatting your LLC. Like I had, you know, like bonus expert teachers and stuff and just setting up your, you know, getting your processes for your business. It was all about business. And (laughs) it did not go well. So that, I mean, that was one, God, there was just so many mistakes to that led this first course launch to not going well. So the first thing was, you know, I I wasn't aligned with what my ideal clients were actually wanting. and, And I wasn't aligned with creating a course that would solve their number one most painful problem. And I cannot stress that enough. Like if you can find an ideal client and, fix for them their most painful problem, they will pay you. They will pay you to fix their most painful problem. But it can't just be like a nice to have. You know, will a nice to have sell? Yes. But will a painful problem that needs to be solved yesterday sell much more easily and you can charge a lot more money for it? Absolutely. So that was the number one mistake was just creating a course to create a course, like not keeping the ideal client in mind, not keeping the pain point in mind. Then... The next problem or mistake that I made was creating the entire course before selling it. And this is like the number one mistake that I see aspiring course creators making is creating the full course before selling it. So all the videos, all the transcripts, all the worksheets, all the downloads, the course hosting site, buying software. I mean, there's a lot that goes into creating your final, you know, passive course, right? And I made this mistake as well. And I think this is why it's, you know, aspiring course creators number one mistake is we all think, oh, well, first you create the product and then you sell it. But the glory of digital products is you don't actually have to do it that way and you shouldn't do it that way. So again, I didn't survey my audience. I didn't keep in mind their number one most painful problem, you know, and I didn't get like all the wording and jargon that they use by surveying the audience and I didn't pre-sell it. I created the whole course first and I made more mistakes by creating very professional photos using the equipment I had, which took a long time. You know, I took time away from our photo shoots and the money that we were making to spend all this time making this professional course, you know, and so 
What ended up happening, I still have so many mistakes I made that led to this, but essentially what ended up happening was I only sold like a handful of people into this course. And I had a decent sized email list at the time. I want to say I had like 5,000 people on my email list at the time that I launched my very, very first course. And so, okay, let's do the math on that. So you should be able to convert one to 5% of your email list to your course. So let's just say average 3%. I should have been able to get 150 sales, but I only got like five. And again, to summarize, you know, didn't keep in mind the ideal client, didn't keep in mind the most painful problem. I pre-created the course. So now let me tell you about what like pre-selling is. Now I call it kickstarting because there's a lot of different ways to pre-sell, but the specific way that I do it and the method that I do, I call kickstarting because it's like my own method that I've perfected over doing so many kickstarts for courses. So with a typical launch, that's where you would like make the course ahead of time and launch it to your audience. But with kickstarting, you're essentially pre-selling your course. So all you're doing is you're coming up with the name of the course, the offer for the course, the price of the course, and then you're going to choose a date um, when your course is going to be released. Now you can do this live or you can pre-record like one lesson at a time. So you're not building the entire course. You're just saying, you know, okay, well, starting on May 15th, um, you know, every week for six weeks, I'm going to release one module. So if you have six modules, you could release one module a week for six weeks. If you have eight modules, you could release one module a week for eight weeks. If you want to release two modules a week for four weeks and you have eight modules, like you can literally do it however you want, but that is how you essentially kickstart. Now, um, obviously there's a lot more to it. You know, you want to have, you know, the, the email templates, the, the proven email templates, like the proven way that I kickstart, but essentially the strategy of kickstarting is, you know, surveying your audience to find what's their painful problem, what do they want, what's the language they use around that, so you can use that language, and also, you know, hey, this is the name of the program, this is the name of the course, this is what's all included, this is the offer, this is the price, uh, we start on May 15th, you know, are you in? So that way, like, first of all, and what's so funny is when I first heard about pre-selling, the, the whole reason I created my course before pre-selling it is because when I heard someone talking about pre-selling, like I heard someone telling me this was the way to do it. And this was a very experienced <laughs> online marketer, but I was like, that sounds like a scam. Isn't that a scam? Like you're selling something that doesn't exist. And I've had so many people say this to me too. And it's so funny. It's like, how did I ever think that? Because it's just like a workshop. Like, think about it. It's just like a workshop. Like, do you get all the materials up front when you pay for a conference ticket? No. <laughs> do you get all the materials up front when you pay for a workshop? No. It's the same concept, right? Like you're paying up front for materials that are going to be delivered on a certain day. There's no, there's nothing scammy about that, <laughs> right? So it's so funny that like, you know, as a be like a newer business owner, I thought the same thing. And I have a lot of newer business owners say the same thing to me. So, okay, let's see. So spent way too much time making the course before launching it. I thought pre-selling was a scam. So I made the whole course before doing that. Um, okay. I also waited way too long to actually put my course out there to, I can't say kickstart it because I didn't kickstart it. I built the whole program before. So I'll say launching, 
but I waited way too long to do that. Like I did not need 5,000 people on my email list (laughs) to do that because look at, look what happened. Look what happened. Like I waited months and months and months and months to build up my email list to 5,000 people because for some reason I, that was like the magic number in my head. I was like 5,000 people. Um, and I still didn't even end up getting 150 sales like I should have, you know, which I actually shouldn't have in hindsight because I did like everything wrong. (laughs) Um, but I really like, I cannot say this more strongly. I really feel that you need to be building your email list and kickstarting your course almost simultaneously. So let's do the math on this. Let's say you have 200 email subscribers and, you know, it should convert as long as you do it correctly and do the kickstart and all of that should convert somewhere between one to 5%. So again, let's say 3% of people buy and you only have 200 people on your list. That would still be six course sales. Okay. And that's fantastic. And honestly, that will tell you like, oh, that worked. Okay. So now let's keep growing our email list and keep selling which is fantastic. But if you wait, like if you have it in your, I mean, if you just already have a big email list before realizing you want to have a course, that's one thing. But if you're like, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait to kickstart until I hit this magical made up number. Don't do that (laughs) because, you know, you don't even know yet how it's going to go before you do it. So just do the kickstart with what you have, and then you can keep growing your email list and your sales and your course at the same time. Like, I really cannot stress that enough. Um, it just doesn't make sense to push off your success in your sales, you know, until you hit an arbitrary number that you made up in your head, right? <laughs> okay, so I waited too long before launching. It's better to grow your list and your course at the same time. I also, again, I recorded everything super professionally and I was so worried about like, I, I remember I went shopping for like specific outfits and I had my makeup done and I, I, this might be because I was a professional photographer who had, you know, technically my studio actually was a licensed salon <laughs> because I had to get a license. I actually was like a technically a salon manager with a license at one point because I had to have those things so I could have a hair and makeup artist in my studio. So, I mean, it was convenient for me to do those things, but it's just not necessary. And what's so funny is I made the same mistake uh, a couple years ago. I spent $5,000, uh, I flew to Florida to have my course like all professionally recorded, which I mean, they did an amazing job. Like if that's the route you want to go, I would still recommend them. Like they did a great job and everything turned out really great. But I ended up spending like almost $10,000 all in when you're like paying the videographer and then I had to pay for editors and then I had to pay for the flights and our stay and the hair and makeup and the clothes. And it's just like, Why? And what's funny is I just recently made a bunch of updates to profitable courses. Like there's so much new stuff about it. You have to check it out. Go to freedomcreator.co and you can click on the profitable courses program. I have a whole sales page that I built out. Um, It's so different now. I call it the profitable courses bundle. It actually comes with, I, I broke the course into two courses, profitable courses and passive courses. Comes with so much cool stuff. And the point is, is like I ended up having to redo or wanted to redo the course. And I ended up just doing a bunch of Loom videos with screen share and you know, it it makes it so much easier for you to like stay up to date and change things out. And it has nothing to do with your sales. Like when people are buying your course, they're not even seeing 
what's inside of it yet. So don't think like, oh, if I professionally record these videos or I get my hair and makeup done or I get these special outfits, I'm going to sell more of my course. No, like think about it logically. Like they have, they don't even know yet. They haven't even bought your course. They don't even know what's in it yet. <laughs> so it's all about the marketing. Um, and I'm not saying you shouldn't have a good course. You obviously should. I, I feel very strongly about that, but I feel very strongly that the materials are, and like what you're teaching is much more important than the actual delivery. Like I, I actually think someone could get just as much out of an online course if it's audio than like if the actual teachings and strategy and everything aren't good. Like the delivery of it doesn't matter as much. But obviously, you know, if you're someone teaching how to build websites, you're going to need visuals. <laughs> but I really feel strongly that something like Loom or um, just screen sharing or using slides, like you can you can have your face in it if you want to, but it's just not necessary. Um, in fact, after my first course with the launch that flopped, I started just doing slides with voiceover for like every single course. And I made millions of dollars doing that. And I helped, you know, 10,000 10, plus business owners all over the world doing that. You know, and I've taken tons of courses where they don't show their face or it's audio only. And it doesn't matter to me as long as the materials are good and I'm getting the result that they're promising me. So something to keep in mind. Okay, guys, this is another mistake that I made that is like, listen closely to this one. Okay, like if you get nothing else out of this podcast today, this is the tip that you're going to want. <laughs> so for my first, actually, what's funny is I didn't even just do this for my first course. I did this for many of my first courses. So I offered lifetime access to the course, which is okay as long as you are... Uh, explaining it properly. So for example, with my profitable courses bundle, you get lifetime access to the actual course materials. Um, and I make it very clear on the sales page in the FAQ section, like that means the lifetime of the program, right? Because whose lifetime is it? Is it Sandra's lifetime? Is it Molly's lifetime? Like, does that mean when I die, all of a sudden you don't have access to the program anymore? Does it mean when Sandra dies, she doesn't have access to the program anymore? Like that doesn't really make sense. So lifetime means the lifetime of the actual program. Like that makes sense to me, right? However, when I, you know, spoiler alert, uh, closed my previous business, people were really mad <laughs> that I had said lifetime access. And it's like, well, whose lifetime are you expecting? Like, were you expecting like I'm 103 years old and you still have access to boudoir marketing camp? Like, you know, and, and it, you know, and you need to be clear about that. You need to be clear about what is lifetime access. So I explain on my sales page, lifetime access is the lifetime of the program. So if uh, we decide to retire the program or we decide, you know, when I'm 80 years old to close the business or whatever, um, then you, then you, you know, won't have access to the program. However, I do also say in my FAQ page that when we do decide to close the program, we will email you with a download to the materials. And that's exactly what we did um, when we closed our last business was we emailed every single student and we gave them the download uh, of the course. Now, here's the thing, and you're probably never going to run into this and, you know, maybe it won't matter, but I'm going to share this anyways, just in case it helps. I don't know if it will, but, you know, email, you know, is it 100% deliverability? Not always. Maybe it goes to someone's spam. Maybe they change their email address. Maybe they get a new email address. Like, who knows, right? So when we closed our last business, we sent every single student, here's your full course that you paid for. Here's the download. 
people were mad, <laughs> leaving us reviews saying, I, you know, I paid for this and I didn't get this product. Yes, you did. We emailed it to you. And, you know, I'm not sure how I could have better done that because that's the information we have. The information we have is your email address. Um, and so we did our best to like share it on social media, tell people to tell other students, like tell students to tell other students. Um, we did the best we could. And, and that's really all you can do in business, honestly. Like you can't, you, you want to try to please everyone, but it's not always possible. You can't control other people's reactions and emotions. And so you can just do the best that you can do. Um, and so it, it did make me very sad that some people were saying like, oh, you didn't give me this product. Yes, I did. We emailed it to you. Maybe you changed your email. Maybe it went to spam. I'm not sure. Um, but keep that in mind with the lifetime access thing. I have heard other business owners say that instead of saying lifetime access, they say unlimited access. I think it's less about the word you use and more about how you explain it. You know, so lifetime means the lifetime of the program. And if we decide to retire the program, like we will email your email address on file. Of course, not everyone's going to read the whole sales page though. So again, just do the best with what you have. Just do the best you can do. Um, and then I also, this is the biggest mistake though. The biggest mistake was I said lifetime coaching. What? What is wrong with me? Like that is a huge mistake. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I don't know. Like the the Marie Forleo B school that I took, like she just did like unlimited lifetime everything. So I just was like, oh, that's how you make a course. Like I didn't know. Um, and so what I did back in the day was I remember I was like, oh, um, you know, lifetime access, you know, and I don't know if I said lifetime coaching, but I know coaching was in there and it wasn't specified that it wasn't lifetime. So it was a little bit confusing. But what I remember is I launched it and I had a bunch of people buy and then I did a weekly like group coaching, Q&A, whatever you want to call it, call. And I had people show up, but then, you know, I didn't launch it for like a year. And so over time, you know, no one was going to the coaching calls. Um, and so that's also sort of like an issue too, is like, okay, I'm showing up to these calls, like no one's going, but like, if someone does show up, then I need to be there. So I'm going to teach you guys what you should do. <laughs> okay. Because the glory of making all these mistakes is I, I do have the answer for this one. And I've, this one is, I think one of my smartest ideas, and I can't believe a lot of other online educators aren't doing this. So what I do now Again, I do still say lifetime access to my courses and I just really specify on the sales page as best as I can, like lifetime of the program. Like, you know, I, I just do the best I can do. That's all I can do. Um, you know, my therapist already tells me I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> so I just do the best I can do. And then as far as coaching goes, this is what I do now. So when I'm selling a course, you know, I have the offer and part of the offer is, so like with my profitable courses bundle, one part of the offer is you're going to get 60 days of course creator club for free. And then what I do is when they, um, when they log into the course, there's actually a free trial checkout page. So they fill out all their information and they do have to give a credit card um, to get the 60 days of Course Creator Club for free. But it really is free. Like if they, as long as they cancel before the 60 days um, is up, they get the 60 days free. Like they're not going to be charged. In fact, if we have someone email us being like, you know, I just want the 60 days free, we just say buy it. Um, you know, well, they're not actually spending anything. It's a free trial. But we just say, you know, Fill out the checkout page and then immediately email us that you want to cancel. And that way you'll never be charged. 
Um, but it's cool because if, for the people who do want more than 60 days of the group coaching, um, then it will start to charge them a monthly fee, which is such a good solution because, you know, now you are still giving them some free coaching, but there's a good boundary and there's good rules around like how much of it is free. Um, and then also you're still getting people, you know, remember when people pay, they pay attention. So you're, you're getting people who are like, no, I want more of this and I'm willing to pay for it. And then they're going to actually show up, which is really good too. And so I just find this to be the absolute best way to do it. So again, all you're doing is in your offer, you're saying you're getting X amount of days or X. Yeah. 60 days for free. That's what I say, but you could do 30, you could do 60, you could do 90, you could do whatever you want. And then on your checkout page, make it so that they're getting X amount of days free trial. And that's, I just think such a win, 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 win idea. And um, I just put that in the course. So on like the first, very first lesson with the welcome video, I put that below saying like, hey, claim your 60 days of free group coaching here. Um, and it's also a really good way to make backend sales as well, because think about it. Like, you know, let's say someone's paying for your course $597 but they show up to a group coaching call every single week for six years. Like <laughs> you're losing a lot of money on that client, right? But if you give them, you know, 60 days for free and then they want to keep coaching for six years and they're paying you, that's amazing. Like that's really good backend recurring revenue, right? Okay, so the next mistake I made was that my idea for my course was way too vague. So even though I had a really good ideal client, my ideal client was um, not just business owners, not just photographers, but boudoir photographers. So like aspiring boudoir photographers. So that was a really, really, really good, like niched down ideal client. But then the course itself was just called business camp. This is like, what does that mean? What's the result? The result is business. Like it doesn't really make any sense. At least with boudoir marketing camp, it was like, okay, you're going to learn marketing. However, again, not the result. Look at my course name now, Profitable Courses. What's the result? You're going to have a profitable course. Passive Courses, what's the result? You're going to have a passive course. Like that makes sense, right? Freedom Creator Club, create freedom, you know, through your business with passive sales with digital products. You know, not as good as Profitable Courses and Passive Courses, but still pretty good. Um, whereas Business Camp, it's like, what are, you, what are you learning? What's the result? And that's why I didn't sell. It's like, it's too vague of an idea, it doesn't solve the number one most painful problem of my clients. It doesn't even tell them the result they're going to get. People don't give you their money for a login. They don't give you their money for videos. They don't give you their money for downloads. They're trading their money for a result. So if you're saying like, hey, this is, you know, marketing camp and we're going to help you book you know, if you implement all of this, we're going to try to help you book three additional clients in the next 30 days or something like that. That's something they're willing to trade their money for because they're, they're saying, if I give you this much money, I'm hopefully going to get this much clients and this much money in return. Like no one gives you money not to get, like they think about in their heads, what am I going to get back? How am I going to get more money for this money? Or how am I going to get less stress for this money? Or how am I going to have better relationships with this money, right? It's all about health, wealth, and relationships. Those are the three main niches and just about every single course on the planet fit that sells, fits into one of those three niches. Okay, um, I think I already said this one, but yeah, I didn't survey my email list to find what their biggest pain point was and then create the course around that. 
you know, that, yeah, that's what I should have done. I also didn't have very good boundaries. Um, so like I created a Facebook group because that's what courses had Facebook groups. And so I was like, oh, I guess I have to have a Facebook group. So I created a Facebook group. And in the beginning, I was just like answering every single person's questions because I was just excited and I love helping people. But, you know, you don't want to dig yourself a hole where people then expect you to answer their questions 24-7, um, 365 days a year. Like you need to be also working on your business, growing your email list, having a life, <laughs> you know, doing these other things. And so you definitely want to think about what are the boundaries I want to have with my course and then sticking to them from day one. It's really hard for me to not answer every single person's question in my groups, but it's not something that I promise and it's not something that is sustainable for me. And so I don't do it. If you want your questions asked, you have to come to the weekly coaching call or submit your question and watch the recording. And that's really the only way that I can do it at scale, you know? And if you can slash want to be in a group answering questions 24 seven, 365 days a year, go for it. Um, but that does not work for my business model as much as I would love to do that for everyone. Uh, I have to charge like way more money. And honestly, there isn't even a number because I, the whole reason, you know, I, want this type of business is so I can have that, that freedom, that empty space in my calendar. Right. And then last but not least, uh, let's see here. Oh, I went right into worrying about the next course idea that I could launch instead of just selling more of the course that I already had, which in this instant was okay because the whole course was like kind of wrong and didn't really go very well. It didn't convert super well. And so I probably should have been I actually, instead of going to the next course, what I should have done is fix this course. How can I fix it? Like, how do I just change? Instead of doing those four courses, how can I make this into one course that is going to get my ideal clients the result that they are looking for? And then once you have your course selling, sell it over and over and over and over and over again. I actually just had a meeting with a couple other business owner friends and she's like doing amazing. She has this course and I think it's like somewhere between 600 and a thousand dollars. And she's like, yeah, I really want to sell more of this course, but like, I don't really know how to sell more of it. And I was like, okay, well, what are you doing? And she's like, well, you know, I do launches. And I was like, okay, good. How do your launches do well? She's like, oh yeah, they do super well. And like, she told me the numbers and they sounded really good. I don't remember exactly what they were, um, but they sounded really good. And I was like, okay, well, how many times a year are you launching? And she was like, oh, just one time a year. I'm like, okay, well then just launch more. <laughs> Seriously. Like if you have um, if you have a strategy that's working, just do it more. And that's why I like doing my course kickstart. So that way I can get sales up front and get my course selling right away. And then I like to make everything passive because I then I can be selling and making sales every single day, which is exactly what I think is the best model because you know, just be like, let's say you have 5,000 people on your email list and you launch your course. Okay. Let's do the math on this again. And you convert 3% and you get 150 sales. Well, you know, normally I actually only have my students kickstart once and then I have them turn everything passive. But let's say for some reason you wanted to kickstart again. <laughs> so let's say you made 150 sales. Let's say you didn't even grow your email list at all and you did another kickstart, the same kickstart six months later, you would probably get this, a very similar amount of sales. 
Um, and here's the, that's what's so cool is because, you know, yes, you do need to be growing your email list. Like that is so important, but let's just say for some reason you didn't and, but you were still nurturing those people. You probably would still get a really good amount of sales because just because someone isn't ready to buy at that specific time that you're kickstarting doesn't mean, or launching or whatever, doesn't mean that they're not going to be ready the second time or the third time or the fourth time that you ask, right? Because maybe they need to become the ideal client for your product, or maybe they didn't have the money at the time, or maybe they were busy, or maybe they didn't even open your emails. Who knows? So there's so many strategies, but one of the easiest ones is just do it more. (laughs) Do what is already working more. Okay, guys. So in summary, I spent way too long making the course before launching it. I thought pre-selling sounded like a scam. I waited too long before actually kickstarting or launching. Um, I didn't need as big of an email list as I thought I did. I made up like an arbitrary number in my head. It's better to grow your email list and your product like kind of at the same time. I recorded everything super professionally and worried about the clothes and makeup and like literally none of that matters. I offered lifetime access and lifetime coaching. (laughs) Uh, The idea of my course was way too vague. I didn't survey my audience. I didn't set good boundaries in my Facebook group. And I went right away into worrying about another product I could make, another product I could make instead of just selling the product I already had made. So that concludes this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope that you learned something from this or, you know, maybe you are thinking about doing an online course and, you know, this will be a great way for you to avoid some of these mistakes and kickstarting really is the best way to do this. So if you are interesting interesting. (laughs) Of course you are. If you are interested in learning how to create your own online course that generates consistent passive income, then I want you to check out my new free training. It's going to show you how to come up with an online course, that idea that's actually going to sell. It's going to show you how to build your following of ideal customers for your online course, and then how to start making sales in your first 30 days to do your kickstart and how to start making passive sales from your course. So you can go to freedomcreator.co slash training. That's freedomcreator.co slash training. Or you can just go to freedomcreator.co and there is a link to the training on my homepage as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. Next week, uh, next week's episode is going to be all about my model call ebook. Like what is an ebook? Why does it sell for some people? It doesn't sell for other people. Why do I think it sold for me? Uh, what do I think was so magical and special about it? How did I do half a million dollars from a 13 page ebook? And how did that lead into even way more sales for my business? And then the week after I'm finally going to reveal what, what were a lot of the reasons why I decided to pivot to my freedom creator business. So I look forward to seeing you guys, um, over the coming weeks in the podcast. And as always, if you have any questions or want me to deep dive further into anything, please just shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'm at Molly M Kaiser. My middle name is Marie. So at Molly M Kaiser, and I look forward to hearing from you. See you next week. Bye.